This is Out of Office for April 2014. Personal success for out of office workers. Welcome to the Out of Office podcast, where you'll learn how to work from virtually anywhere by using the internet for greater convenience, comfort, and freedom. Your hosts are Chris Pudney and Gihan Pereira. Hello, Chris. How are you? Well, thanks, Gihan. How are you? I'm happy. I'm happy. Big question. Have you seen the Lego movie yet? No, I I haven't. I'm very disappointed that we didn't get to see the premiere together. That's right, because we missed out because of the rain. It rained for the for the first and only time in about three <laughs> months in our summer and happened to be the three hours when we were going to go to an outdoor movie and watch the Lego movie. So, no, I haven't seen it either, but uh, Riley and Abby, my niece and nephew who uh, I was going to take, they saw it yesterday and so they were raving about it. So now I'm jealous and I want to go and see it. Good. I'm glad to hear that it's as awesome as it claims to be. Everything is awesome, <laughs> which is a reference. It's a bit of an in-joke. It's a reference to the song from the movie. <laughs> so, in fact, we're going to talk a little bit about that sort of stuff, like personal and professional success today, because that's what we're talking about today, uh, personal success for out-of-office workers. And uh, we, we thought about this topic because of a very recent issue in the Harvard Business Review. And they had an article about professional and personal success, particularly for uh, business leaders leaders and senior executives, and they're talking about the fact that many of them uh, have challenges with finding the right balance between their their busy professional life and sometimes a very busy personal life as well. And it's interesting because for many of us as out-of-office workers, it might be easy to find that balance. In fact, that might be one of the reasons that, that you've chosen this sort of out-of-office work style because it does give you that flexibility and it, that it means that you don't have to sacrifice some of your personal success by spending every day in an office. And so it might be easier, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it happens automatically. So today, what we thought we'd look at are some of the factors from that Harvard Business review article and not look at those numbers in detail and what the executive said, but they identified six factors that they look at that uh, they said were important to their personal success. And we'll look at how you can achieve them in your out-of-office work style. And some of this may be things that you're doing already. So this might just be a reminder to you to keep doing them and might be a bit of motivation and inspiration that you're doing the right sort of things to give yourself personal success. But also, if you're not doing it already, then you should think about how you can incorporate this into your work style. The, f- the first one is uh, that the people said that they want to have in their, in that, in that balance uh, a life of meaning, so a life with meaning and that they don't have any regrets at the end of their life. So uh, that's, what, that's the first thing that we'd look at. And uh, some people put this, uh, describe this as what do you want people to say at your funeral <laughs> and what do you want people to say in your eulogy? And I don't know whether you've thought about that, Chris. I think for me, I want them to say, oh, look, I think I saw him move. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is like when you look back. When you look back, how do you have a life? Uh, how, how do you say that you've got no regrets and that your life has had some meaning? And uh, for us as out-of-office workers, sometimes maybe we want to be able to integrate that so it's not just we go to work and then we come home. So the things that you can look at, uh, how can you add more meaning to your to your life? I should say that we're not going to try and make this all about how to find your purpose and your passion. And there's a lot of resources about that. We're going to tailor it specifically to what you can do as an out-of-office worker. But the first thing, of course, is to know what matters to you. So know what is important to you, the people in your life, the legacy you want to leave, um, what you do on a day-to-day basis that has meaning and and that inspires you. So certainly start with that. And then as an out-of-office worker, one of the... uh, distinct advantages you've got is that when you look for ways to make a difference, uh, think about ways that you can make them 
uh, that you can take advantage of your out-of-office work style to make that work. So for example, if you decide that you want some community contribution and that's what gives you meaning, and you're going to volunteer for something, there are organizations that would love to have you during normal business hours when most of their volunteers may not be available because they might be working. So that might be something that you're able to do as an out-of-office worker. Another thing is if you're an independent business owner and digital nomad, you might have connections and networks that other people don't have. And those connections and networks may be, may be useful to you to be able to to be able to contribute in whatever way you want to. And the other thing is, as an out-of-office worker, you might actually be working uh, in a different city or maybe even a different country than the rest of your team. So if your organization and your work team is doing some sort of community contribution, it can be sometimes quite hard for you as an out-of-office worker to be involved. But one of the things you can do is kind of like be the local contact. And then a couple of other things that you could do is just think about ways that you can uh, integrate personal and professional success in your in your work life. Uh, and uh, an example of this is my actually our mutual friend Belinda Vecchio. And Belinda is ve- very strong, uh, very strong social conscience and wants to bring business into combined business and social. And so this whole idea of social entrepreneurship. And when she was working uh, here in Australia, she's moved to the UK now, but when she was working here in Australia, she was very keen to be able to um, combine her personal and her professional work. And she had an employer who was uh, very much very supportive of that. So she was able to do that. She was able to do fundraising and sponsorship and, and pa- as part of her work life as well. A couple of other little things that you can do within your within your team and your group is uh, one of them is figure out how you can celebrate successes. So if your work gives you meaning and for most for many people work does then it's, it can be hard for out of office workers to celebrate success because you, you're not necessarily going to have the the beer and the pizza with everybody else in the office at the end of a project but how can you get involved as well and there are creative ways that you can do that uh, and the other thing is just so even on a day-to-day basis uh, let the rest of your team know a little bit of more about you from a personal viewpoint. It's the sort of thing that uh, in-office workers just do normally. They they come into the office in the morning and they, they spend time, sometimes they waste time, talking to each other about what they did on the weekend, for example, if they come in on a Monday morning, or they talk about their kids and they might have to leave work early to go and pick up their kids, or they have conversations in the canteen or the coffee room. And it may not be as easy for you to do that, but think about how you can do that because people do want to know about you and it can help them understand a little bit more about you as a person, not just you as the as the worker. So those are just some ways that you can bring meaning into your uh, into your work life. Yeah. So on that last one, Kihan, I think Facebook is a way that you can bring some of your co-workers, people that you would consider more than just colleagues, people that you'd consider part of your 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 circle of friends, you can bring them into Facebook and then that's where you can share that personal stuff, not only with uh, your social contacts, but with people that you work with as well. Yeah, that's right, actually. Are we the first podcasters ever to say that Facebook can be good for business use? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I agree with you. That is something that we can do. And uh, as out-of-office workers, we've got to be a little bit more intentional about showing some of our personality and our personal life, you know, appropriately, of course. But that's the sort of stuff that happens automatically in an office, and we've just got to be a little bit more proactive about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next personal success that we'll talk about is happiness or enjoyment. And uh, out-of-office workers can approach this, it can 
increase the amount of happiness in their working life in a couple of ways. They can use their out-of-office working style to either eliminate and reduce the things that make them unhappy about their work, but they can also seek uh, to maximize and increase the things uh, in their working life that uh, they enjoy. And I've broken this down into three different aspects of your working life. There's the activities that you're engaged in when you're working, the people with whom you work, and the place where you work. So if we look at ways that uh, out-of-office workers might consider eliminating or reducing those things that reduce the enjoyment in their working life, let's start with the activities. And Gihan, I don't think I've ever met anyone who says they enjoy commuting, so getting stuck in traffic jams or when you then get to work having to hunt for a parking spot or if you choose not to drive, then uh, having to uh, go on crowded public transport. So these things, uh, you know, they're a great great way of starting your day and starting your day in a pretty bad mood. Uh, of course, with out-of-office workers, you can almost entirely eliminate uh, commuting to work. Uh, so that's one way of reducing the things that make you unhappy. Then once you get to work, there are productivity killers. And when your work isn't productive, you just feel like you're not achieving and, and that reduces the enjoyment that you get from work. Uh, and there are all kinds of other distractions in a traditional office workplace. So with an out-of-office work style, most of these things can either be eliminated entirely or at least reduced because you have control over how you work. Then there's the people that you work with and every uh, traditional office place has one or two office jerks and in fact, maybe you are the office jerk <laughs> and it could be, it could be that uh, it's a little bit of you or it's a little bit of others or it's a bit of both uh, but the thing is that if you're an out-of-office worker, obviously yeah, the tendency to be brought face-to-face -face with people or colleagues that you dislike and don't get on with uh, is reduced. So again, that's just one way of reducing the kinds of things that make you unhappy in your working life. And finally, there's the place where you work, and not uh, not every workplace is like the Google campus or the Apple campus. There are plenty of crappy workplaces. So as an out-of-office worker, again, you uh, control uh, your workplace, and um, and you don't have to put up with those kinds of working environments. So that's, that's how out-of-office worker can reduce the things that make you unhappy or reduce the enjoyment in your work. On the flip side, as an out-of-office worker, you can seek out and maximize things that do make your work enjoyable. So again, looking at activities, people and workplace, as far as activities are concerned, we're going we're gonna to talk about this a lot uh, in the remainder of the podcast, but briefly, the fact that you've got flexibility means that you can structure a work arrangement so that you can engage in activities that you enjoy. So when we later talk about work-life balance, that's an example of that. In addition to that, you make the rules. So you can be, uh, there's, there's plenty of um, research that shows that out of office workers are much more productive than their office based colleagues. And so, as I said earlier, when you're productive, you just enjoy your work much more. In addition, we've talked a lot in previous podcasts about uh, being focused, maintaining focus, controlling interruptions and handling distractions. I think the really important thing that you said there, Chris, is the whole uh, the, the concept of you make the rules. So it's your life, your rules, and you get to choose. So um, uh, all these things that you're saying is I was just thinking, yeah, like we'd, all, what you're saying is that we've got lots more control over our environment, whether it's the activities of the people or the workplace. Exactly, exactly. And I think that has a bearing on most of things, most of these personal successes that we're going to talk about today, Gihan, we make the rules, and and so we can we can do things that uh, that in this case make us happy and make our working lives enjoyable, mm. and and that includes the people that we work with. So we can make time for people that we care about, and you're going to talk about that next. And finally, where you work, 
might be your home office, you get to set it up how you like. So you can get some comfortable ergonomic furniture. You can buy equipment that works really well and helps you get your job done properly. You can personalize it however you like, decorate it uh, in a fashion that uh, suits you. Or you might not even work from your home office. You might uh, like to work in your garden or from a, a pleasant balcony or you can head down to a local park or cafe. I know Gihan that you sometimes go and work by the Swan River. It's a, a beautiful spot to, uh, to spend your day. Or you might uh, go to a, a more exotic far-flung locale. All of these things, uh, again, you make the rules and you get to choose your workplace and you can do it such that your workplace is, something, is somewhere you enjoy being. Yeah, that's right, Chris. And uh, that, that's really interesting. Like you, you mentioned rewarding relationships, which is the next point. And uh, I guess a lot of people who choose the out of office, office work style, they do that because of the relationships. And so it's probably not surprising that that Harvard Business Review article, uh, rewarding relationships, was one of the things that many leaders and executives said they struggled with. They struggled with that particular challenge of being able to balance the relationships with their with their work demands. And it is one of the things that the out of office work style gives you. Uh, it might be one of the biggest reasons you chose that and uh, especially nowadays it's it's become even more of a challenge because um, you, know, you know modern lifestyle just doesn't seem to uh, fit neatly into those two boxes where you're at work from nine to five and then you're not at work outside nine to five uh, and so the out of office work style really lends itself to that and know both you and I Chris really appreciate that. Yeah yeah you're right Gihan so today's a good example of that because um, it's school holidays in Western Australia at the moment and my wife Cherie works two days a week and today is one of those days so um, I'm taking most of today off I'm going to after this podcast this is practically the only work for want of a better word that I'll do today um, and then I'll spend the rest of the day with Lauren we'll go shopping we'll do some Easter shopping together we've got a couple of projects that we're working on so I've just got that flexibility that allows me to um, take some time off and, and spend it with Lauren but it's not just occasion, occasionally um, most days uh, during the week when Lauren's back at school I'll take her to school and um, and I'll spend some time with her in the afternoon when she gets home from school so that, that's a wonderful thing to be able to do. Yeah, that's right. And for me as well, I mean, there are many, many, many similar examples of how uh, the the relationships in my life, I can I can uh, combine and integrate with my workday. And uh, something that's happened just recently is that my, my brother and his wife and their, their daughter Maggie have just moved back to Perth from Melbourne. So then they're living quite close to me. And every couple of weeks, my parents go and spend a day babysitting Maggie. And on those days, I go along and join them for lunch. So it means I get a, a free lunch, home-cooked lunch from my mum, uh, but it also means that I get a little bit of time uh, with Maggie and with my parents in the middle of a work day, and that would be that would be more difficult for me to do if I was working in an office to take an extended lunch break every second Tuesday. But I can do that and then make up the time elsewhere during the day, either early in the morning or late in the evening. So those sort of things uh, are possible and they're feasible and they're possibly much easier for us to do as out of office workers uh, than it is for for most in office workers. So just some just some tips for making that happen. Uh, if you think about the process of that, so first of all, figure out who who is most important in your life. And that, that might sound obvious, but you might have forgotten that there might be ways that you can fit them into your work style uh, without necessarily having to only restrict it to after hours and weekends and holidays. Um, and if you then if you do find somebody that you think I'd like to spend more time with them, possibly even regularly, um, I suggest you start by doing this on a trial basis first. So don't necessarily commit to, okay, every second Tuesday, we're going to do this. Um, 
because that might put undue pressure and expectation on yourself and on that on that particular activity. So just try it out. Just say, okay, I'll come around next Tuesday. Or um, as you said, Chrissy, you know, you might be able to do something with Lauren um, next week. And then just see how it goes. So you might have in your mind that you're going to have that commitment, but don't necessarily state it up front. And then if it does work out, then to make it fit into your work style, do do create a routine if possible and if appropriate. If it's something that you can do regularly, then do create that routine because that helps not yourself necessarily, but it helps the other people if they know that every second Tuesday this is going to happen or every Friday morning you're going to spend time with Lauren at school, then then she knows, Cherie knows, and it makes it easier for you to then work around that. So be flexible to start with and then create a routine. Yeah. So the next personal success we'll talk about is work-life balance. And it's good that it's back-to-back with rewarding relationships because it parallels it uh, in some ways. Whereas rewarding relationships focuses on people that are important to you, the work-life balance, I think, focuses on the activities more than the people that are important to you. So again, uh, we can talk about the whys and the hows of um, dealing with work-life balance as an out-of-office worker. So, again, start with thinking about um, what are the main motivations for choosing your out-of-office work style? What are the activities and things that are important to you? Do you have particular hobbies or activities that you like to engage with? And then, if you're a standard office worker, it's sometimes difficult to incorporate them into standard 9 to 5, Monday to Friday working life. it really depends what that is. Uh, you might be luckier and it might fit in. You might be able to do it on your lunch break, uh, but uh, that's not always the case. For instance, uh, something that I've taken up in the past couple of years is running. And in Perth, if you're running in the middle of the day, if you're running on your lunch break in summer, then you're really looking to uh, <laughs> damage yourself in some way. So there are just some things that you can't fit into a standard traditional working working life um, and if you've got the flexibility afforded by out of office work style, then uh, then you can switch things around and, and make them fit. So start with working out what it is that, that's important to you, what it is that you really want to do, and then consider how you might be able to arrange your working life so that you can incorporate those activities into it. Now, if you're really lucky, it might be that uh, the activity that you're thinking about is something that overlaps to some extent with your work. Um, so I've got a colleague uh, who is a really keen amateur photographer. His, his role at work doesn't involve that. He's a, a system administrator, for want of a better word. Um, but it's recognized that he's this fantastic uh, photographer. So occasionally, when there are activities uh, on site, they'll ask him, they'll ask Ian to come along and... Um, and take photographs of the event and they'll they'll use his work they'll use his photographs in publications and and other information that gets shared so if you're lucky you might find that uh, the, the the thing that you're passionate about is something that overlaps with your work in my case I guess I'm not passionate about running but I don't think I can incorporate uh, <laughs> running into software development in any shape or form uh, and the other thing is that, look don't be afraid to experiment to see if there are ways that you can uh, you can uh, mix up your day uh, and 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 uh, and incorporate the, these activities but it might not work uh, the first way you try and you might need to uh, shift arrangements differently to get it to uh, to work for you 
Okay, so uh, the things that we've talked about so far have been quite intangible, and the last couple are a little bit more tangible. And the the next one is about financial reward. And again, the Harvard Business Review executive said that financial reward was important to them, but uh, they sometimes had to compromise that if they wanted to find that right balance between their personal and professional success. And I, th- I think the first thing to look at is what does reward actually mean? So it doesn't necessarily mean getting more money. It means having enough money to be able to do what you want to do. So figure out what you need first and then what you want and then figure out how to make it happen. So there's some really obvious things with the out of office work style. So one of them, which you may not necessarily think of as a big reward, but is something that could be that could be important to you, is just being able to um, have lower expenses. So you mentioned earlier, Chris, that nobody likes commuting, and you're right, they don't like the time involved in that, but there are expenses involved in that as well. So there are expenses in parking and in petrol and in uh, maintenance of your vehicle and so on, and those do add up. So just look at some of the expenses that you that you are saving and out-of-office workers, we get that automatically. But then looking at the other side, which is uh, things that you get on the income side of the ledger, there are two things you could look at. The the first one I alluded to earlier, which is that you might be willing to trade off uh, some of your income in order to enjoy some of the other benefits that we've talked about from your out-of-office work style. And there there has been some research that says that uh, in some organizations, people are happy to take a pay cut to be able to work from home or have some flexibility around their working arrangements. Or it gives them the chance to work part-time or casual because it allows them to blend in other parts of their life. Now, you can do that anyway. Like uh, there are many in-office workers who work part-time or casual, but the out-of-office work style allows that to be even um, more feasible because you can be flexible about like which days you work part-time or you can work from home. If you need to work from home a particular day, it doesn't It doesn't tend to disrupt your work style so much. And then the other thing is actually look at opportunities to actually increase your income by being a an out-of-office worker. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to make the compromise, but there may be opportunities. So I know, Chris, you had the chance to relocate. So you're working for a company on-site in the UK, but when you moved back to Australia, um, you became a full-time telecommuter, but you got to keep that job because you are able to relocate and keep that job. So um, that is an opportunity. So don't necessarily think that you have to give up something. Um, Similarly, you might find that uh, where previously you were looking for jobs only in your local city uh, or in your local area, now you've suddenly got a world of opportunity that's opened up because you can be, uh, because you can work from home or you can work from uh, other locations. Uh, And even you might decide that it's time to start your own business. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that your income is going to increase uh, and especially not straight away, but it does give you that opportunity. So so don't think of the out-of-office work style as necessarily meaning that you have to sacrifice. It may mean that there's some new opportunities for you as well. Yeah, I think this this world of opportunity that you talk about is very interesting, Ihan. So there's this whole idea of geo-arbitrage, isn't there, where you keep your job and relocate to a location where the cost of living is much lower and the, those kinds of opportunities for uh, increasing your income relative to your your cost of living uh, uh, tremendous yeah exactly and it also doesn't have to necessarily mean your own cost of living uh, and your your own living expenses it could also mean that uh, you have the opportunity to to sell your own services elsewhere 
um, by by offering them online. And uh, for example, I'm doing some. Uh, I do a lot of outsourcing through Elance, and I'm doing some work at the moment to get some of my webinar recordings edited. And the two people that I'm using, one is in Romania and one's in the USA. And you'd think that they're two countries with very different costs of living and uh, living expenses, but I'm paying them around the same rate. And they're a reasonable rate, and they're both really happy with that rate. It's the rate that they asked for. And uh, for whatever reason, they're able to do it at that rate, and I'm very happy with that. So it's it not only due to living expense and cost of living. It's just different ways and different ways that people can offer their services. Great, great. Okay, so the next personal success that was identified in the HBR review in the survey was learning and developing, so opportunities for new experiences and personal growth. And there are a couple that I'll talk about here, they're travel and education. So they say that travel broadens the mind, Gihan, but these are people who've obviously never crossed the Nullarbor by train. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a very fat mind. (laughs) Broad. (laughs) So... Traditional office workers are usually constrained to traveling, uh, by, to taking time off work in order to travel, or they might get to do some business travel, but that's pretty much it. They have to do it during their annual leave or as business travel. But out-of-office workers are less constrained because they can work from practically anywhere that they have internet access. So that presents the opportunity to travel whilst you're working. And in the out-of-office book, we've got we've devoted an entire section to the so-called digital nomad. That's someone who travels as part of their working style. Another kind of personal growth that uh, can be important to people is learning or education. So... Uh, most workers will have to undertake this on their own time as well, and, and out-of-office workers uh, are no exception here. Uh, some workers might be fortunate enough to be sponsored by their employers so they can attend courses during office hours, but you still have to do your coursework, your assignments, and study for tests and exams so, far, so and so forth after hours, and that can be really difficult. It's usually late into the evening by the time you get the opportunity to do this, and if you're like me, then you're usually pretty exhausted and just want to relax at that time of day and your mind isn't really amenable to learning. So if you're an out-of-office worker, then you've got the kind of flexibility that allows you to open up time during your working day to do additional study uh, at a time that suits you and when your mind is fresh and and able to accommodate that. And that was the case with me last year. So I did uh, a MOOC on data analysis uh, and I did it during the day. You know, I just spent an hour a day relatively early in the morning when I was still fresh uh, and, and that was much easier and I was more more um, effective than having to do that after work in the evenings. And it was the same with writing the out-of-office book, Kihan. Again, that was if I'd left that to doing uh, in the evenings after work was completed, I don't think we ever would have got it done. It took long enough as it was, but instead I made sure I spent some time on it during the day whilst I was still fresh and uh, I had a mind to do it. Yeah, and I think the other thing that you've, you've mentioned, Chris, so you, you've already mentioned that uh, much of this work that we're talking about is work that's additional to your normal work role, so you may not get um, you know, may not get sponsored by an employer for that. But there's a whole bunch of other work as well that many of your in-office uh, mates, teammates, might get access to because they're training courses that are run and everyone gets sent to them. And you might have to ask for that specifically and uh, and look up courses that you could attend and, uh, and have your employer provide time for that. So uh, 
Uh, and to, to wrap things up, I think it's just worth repeating something that we've said a couple of times, and that's to remind our out-of-office working colleagues that out-of-office work isn't so much an end in itself, but rather a means to an end. So it's really important that you know what your personal successes are, define them. They might be amongst the things that we've discussed today, or they could be something entirely different. But firstly, work out what it is that is important to you in terms of personal success, and then consider how you can take advantage of the flexibility that's afforded by an out-of-office work style and, and, and uh, amend that and make use of that in order to achieve your personal successes. If you already have a fairly clear idea of what constitutes personal success for you, then just audit your out-of-office work style and make sure that it's working for you, that it is helping you to achieve your personal successes. And if it's not, then, then make the changes that are necessary to do that. Is there anything you'd like to add, Gihan? Uh, look, I think the w one last thing I would say is that we've talked about a lot of positive things and benefits of the out-of-office work style, and we're saying that a lot of senior executives and CEOs and those sort of business leaders are struggling with that, and it's a little bit easier for us. So uh, it, it might sound like there are a whole bunch of benefits, and there are, but it, there, there are also a number of sacrifices and compromises and balances that you have to make in order to make the out-of-office work style work for you. So as a result of that, you want to get something out of it, and it's exactly what you said, Chris. So it's not an end in itself, uh, but it's a means to an end, but what is that end? So figure out what that is for you so that you can really make the most of the, the decision that you've made. All right. And so if you're interested in out-of-office work and how to make it work for you, then we can recommend the out-of-office book, which you can find at outofofficebook.com. Uh, you'll also find the out-of-office book blog where you'll have where we'll have a posting for this particular podcast, as well as interesting articles and information that we share on a regular basis. So, Gihan, it remains for me to thank you for your time today. It's always uh, interesting and valuable to share ideas with you. And we'll be back in about a month's time to talk about another out-of-office work style topic. Yeah, great. Thank Thanks you, Chris. Thanks a lot. Bye for now. Visit our website at outofofficebook.com where you can read all our show notes, subscribe to the podcast, and get our book, Out of Office. We wish you all the best in creating the work style of your choice.